And we're back for another episode of Startup Hustle, a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. If you want to start, own, or build a business, then you're in the right place. We bring you the real truth about what it's like to take something from concept to launch, from growth, innovation, experience, failing, or winning big, we've got you covered. So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. And we're back. Another episode of Startup Hustle. Matt DeCourcy here to have another conversation. I'm hoping helps your business grow. Now, so many of you are interested in starting a business. You want to jump and then build wings. And, you know, it's not that far away. You never know how long or how much it will cost to start your business. And that's advice that we've given many, many people and many, many people have given here on the podcast. But one thing that we do know is you can certainly begin by bootstrapping. Now, what does bootstrapping mean? Bootstrapping means you are operating. You're a baller on a budget, people. That's basically what it is. And most startups, uh, I've had, I've bootstrapped startups in the past to be really plain and clear and simple. Bootstrapping means to try to get a little or to try to get a lot with a little. Now, before we get too far into this and before I introduce today's guest, I do want to let you know that today's episode of Startup Hustle is brought to you by Tesseract Ventures. And Tesseract Ventures helps companies become smarter, better connected and more efficient through next generation robotics, 21st century software and radically connected platforms. You visit tesseractventures.io to learn more or click the link in the show notes. And with me today, I've got a, a, a gentleman named Kevin Marshke. And Kevin is the, the CEO of a company called Dossie Bay. They're out of St. Louis and ran into Kevin through some of the startups that we talked to when we published our top St. Louis startups list. And Kevin reached out and said, man, I think I got something to say too. And don't just let my friends be on without me. So first off, let me go ahead and introduce Kevin Marski. Kevin, what's up? Welcome to Startup Hustle. Thanks for the introduction, Matt. It's good to be on here. I appreciate it. Now, you know, let's let's go ahead and get started with a little bit about your backstory. I know you have a long history in computer software, scientific development, business development, marketing development, and intellectual property. That's a lot of development. But, you know, no one says it better than a founder. So why, why don't you give us a little bit of your backstory and what brought you here to us today? <laughs> so, Matt, yeah, let me let me start with that uh, development uh, fetish I seem to have. Uh, I just like, I build it. I like building things. It's, it's always been a thing, you know, ever since I was young, I was always playing with the Legos. I didn't have many friends. I had Legos and that's all I needed, but, uh, moving forward. So I, I, uh, graduated high school looking to go to college for a computer science. I ended up in SIUE. Uh, I went there for a year before I realized I wasn't really learning anything. And I, uh, got a job at a law firm actually. Um, and I was promoted at that law firm about a year later. And they assigned me CTO. I, I really think they uh, they thought I was uh, a lot older than I actually was. But uh, the pay was great. Uh, I dropped out of college because of it. And um, a little down the line, a few years of doing that job, I really liked it. Really liked the people there. But, uh, you know, I've always, like I said, I like building things. And when you're working as a CTO at a law firm, you're not really building things. You're more so tearing things down. Uh, that's what I've come to realize. But 
so I started my own company with some friends of mine from high school, which, you know, that's rare. It's always your friends from college. Uh, but no, it's been my friends from high school. And uh, we started the company we're really without a plan. We just had an idea that we were good at building software. Uh, and that, that's really all we had. So we started building software as just general consultants. You know, we weren't getting paid crap. We were getting paid enough to feed ourselves and occasionally, you know, take our girlfriends out for a movie or something like that. But past that, uh, our, you know, we were like billionaires that we wanted to be. However, we started learning a few things, and that was cash flow, uh, which brings us to the subject of bootstrapping. Basically, when you're running a consult for consulting agency, you're actually building a product. You're just wasting your time making money. I know that sounds ridiculous, but when you build a product, then you can make something a million times without ever doing anything. When you're doing consulting, an hour of your time is worth an hour of your time. There's no way to shorten that. Uh, so that's what got us into Dossibe. And we bootstrapped Dossibe with the money we got from consulting. Um, and to this day, the, the consulting cash is still building that product. And that's why uh, I like to join this podcast when I heard Balto's on here, because Balto, they got some really good investments given. Their product is great. Um, but we've been approached by investors for a few few months now, and we've rejected all of them simply because we just didn't need it. And it's just, it, there's a ton of talk about on this. So, you know, a, a lot of businesses and, and honestly, most startups get off on the day one with a bootstrap budget, meaning they don't really have one. They don't have investment capital. They, you know, they really just don't have a whole lot to work with. And honestly, oftentimes they don't have a solid plan. Um, I mean, sometimes they do. Now, in regards to that, you know, the, the uh, plan uh, in the very earliest stages of a brand new startup are usually all wrong. Uh, they're not very, uh, uh, you know, you don't know what you don't know yet. So, you know, I've talked about the bootstrapping part and a lot of different stuff in, in my book, Million Dollar Bedroom, where I started my first business in the extra bedroom of my home. And I had no, uh, had no experience. I had really didn't have a whole lot of money for a lot of different reasons, mainly divorce, housing bubbles and different kinds of stuff. And we just kind of figured it out as we went. Now, one of the things that I talk about in that book that I feel really important if you're bootstrapping is even if your plan is not, is not fully definitive yet, you have to still understand on some level your path to revenue. And, um, you know, eventually you do have to make sure you pay the bills. There is something that uh, you got to get figured out. You got to do a whole lot of different stuff. So, uh, you know, it, it, there some businesses are less capital intensive up front. Now, you mentioned starting out as a consulting company. I mean, that's a good example. Uh, a lot of companies that are service based, as a consulting company is, or different things, they have a shorter path to revenue because if you can find a client that you provide services for then you immediately have revenue. Um, other examples are things like a franchise that might require a lot of money to get set up or buy into. But, you know, like, for example, I always use Subway just because everyone's heard of Subway. And, you know, you're going to end up with some people on one. What are a couple of the, the basic tenets of bootstrapping that you've learned either from your past history or with Dossie Bay? So... 
The biggest thing about bootstrapping is it really depends on the industry. Um, as the software industry, the bootstrapping, it, it's a lot easier. And I'm sure you know this, Matt, you know, you work in your extra bedroom, all businesses, the good ones, they always start out with someone just starving, right? Somebody who's taken whatever money they can scrape up and put it into it. Uh, that means, you know, they actually, they have a lot more incentive. Uh, and they usually make better decisions on the early stages of making a business because they don't have much capital to throw around and make mistakes with. And that's great. I, that's like that. If you're an early stage and you're making better decisions, that's ultimately going to do better in the late stages. Uh, so bootstrapping is the way I, I, the way I consider it is the only way to go. There's are a few exceptions. Matt, have you ever heard of the book called E Myth by any chance? Yeah, but I haven't read it. Well, in the E-Myth, the general consensus is basically there's a, several different ways you can start a company. Uh, and the one it likes to emphasize on is the technician's way. It's basically where you get good at doing something really well. Mine was software consulting or just making software, right? You get good at that and you build that into a business. Uh, the other way that I like to touch on is the entrepreneurial way, right? That's where you're just like, you just got this crazy idea. You have a stupid amount of drive, but you have no idea what to do. Those are the cases where you need a lot of money because you got to hire the people who do know how to do. And, but most businesses are made the technician way. You know, some, someone has a really good trade and they want to grow it into a functioning business. They don't need as much money uh, because they're one really focused to they're very talented at what they do. The third, third one that they really just need is to develop the entrepreneur skills to extend out management and you know, delegate and advocate in some cases, right? Um, and with software consulting, it's crazy because your biggest cost is just the people, you know, your upfront costs aren't like the manufacturing or plastic injection machine molding, right? It's just software. You can copy and paste it. It doesn't cost anything. And really the only thing you have looking forward to is hiring more and more people. That's really the only reason you would ever need investment is like, okay, it's like, I clearly have a product that's expanding. You know, I, I'm getting tired of doing this work. I can delegate this easily. That's that's when you can start thinking, it's like, okay, maybe I either take investment or if I play really nice, you don't need investment. You just hire the right people at the perfectly the right time to take that load off of yourself as the entrepreneur so you can start focusing on other things. Uh, and that's the yeah, strategy yeah. I've been playing. Go on. I, I find that software is, is difficult to bootstrap as a company, meaning like it's, unless you're a technical founder. Now, if that's the case, then you can write software and you're going to remove the cost. Now, some, for me, some of the basic tenets of bootstrapping before we get the cart too far before, before the horse are things like <laughs> working from home, you know, like uh, you got to find anywhere, any way and anywhere to save a buck. And mm -hmm. you, and I think some of that in your case starts with like your example. And to simplify that a little is starting with the things that you can do. You have to ask yourself, what can I provide the business with that's valuable? Now, one of the things that's difficult with a new business is there's so many things in the setup phase that have to be done one time. And you're talking about like creating an entity and doing a whole lot of stuff. There are ways to do that kind of stuff very affordably. You can do a lot, set a lot of that stuff up online. Um, you know, but one of the things that can kind of 
uh, drag you uh, under, like meaning like the undertow kind of under, are getting caught up in that setup part. Um, when it comes to software, it depends on, on, like if you're trying to build a product from scratch, we went through this with Gigabook. So I'm the, also the founder of Gigabook and, and FullScale. But Gigabook, I mean, we had run through a quarter million dollars before we ever collected any money in revenue. And uh, that's not uncommon for software companies because you have to have a working product. And now when you have technical founders, back to my point of, of looking at the things that you do well, you can save that initial dollar by doing some of it yourself. But if you get sucked up with all of the early things that you have to do, uh, it pulls you away from the things that will put you on that path to revenue. Yeah, Matt, you make a really good point. Yeah. So in, in your case, you know, you were not a technical founder. I guess that's one thing I'm really thankful for because uh, I was a software guy and I went into software. Uh, so I got to save a lot of money by not hiring anyone or not paying anyone because software engineers at the end of the day, man, they ask for so much money. I swear they're over, they're overpaid. Trust me on that one. Um, so yeah, that's that's one thing I always look forward to. Uh, however, you know you got to have skills somewhere when you start a business, um, if, even if it uses software. And in my conclusion, I found that software is really just an automated business model, and it's really expensive to build. It's kind of like just having a lawyer build your business model on a computer uh, and have that computer execute it. You know, but at the end of the day, like if 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 you are a technical founder like me, you can do it yourself. But if you uh, are, you know, not a technical founder, you don't know how to, you know, write software. Like, how do you make a software company without spending a ton of money? Uh, well, one, you can find someone who is technical, bring them on as co-founder. Or two, you can hire, you know, like outsource people. And yeah, it's just at the end of the day, you got to realize like what you're good at. If your idea reflects something of your value, you really have nothing to worry about in the long term. It's just in the short term, you know, you, you have to find that capital or you have to find someone that you you can basically convince us like if we build this out, we're going to make a ton of money, which I'm sure is what you did now. Is that correct? Well, I mean, yeah, but my first, my first company wasn't Gigabook. We actually uh, had started in an in, uh, event ticket resale. And this was a long time ago. This was when StubHub was still relatively new. And in that regard, um, you know, and you have to be careful when you're in a bit now software is one thing, but if you're in a different, in, in different kinds of startups, where you're buying and selling things, um, that can be a fairly fast path to revenue. But you also have to be careful because you can get stuck behind inventory. If you, you uh, if you if you don't if you don't have a good avenue uh, marketplace, all kinds of things. You have Amazon and all kinds of three uh, PL that's third party logistics companies that will help you ship. That's basically what Amazon is. Amazon, in many ways, is a giant consignment store. And, you know, there's, there's, uh, I hear a lot of people complain. They said, well, they're going to take 20 to 30% of my sale. Well, they also give you a warehouse. They give you a shipping team. They are advertising. They have a marketplace for a whole lot of different stuff. Uh, you know, so there's a lot of things that go there now still in the, in the, in Congress with the whole bootstrapping 101, uh, you know, thing is, is for me, when I got started, it was, it was trying to avoid any unnecessary purchases. So, uh, if you look at, at needing computers or equipment or stuff like that, you don't always have now software developers do require a little more, uh, a little higher level machine. But, uh, you know, when you look at the ability to acquire equipment that any kind of staff or support people could use, 
you don't need to uh, drive down to Best Buy or Micro Center or wherever you're buying these things and buy the brand new cutting edge stuff. Um, a lot of times people you know might have extra laptops, computers, that kind of stuff. Like right now with everybody moving out of their office space, if you're out there buying brand new uh, office supplies or equipment, desks, tables, chairs, you can probably just go to Facebook Marketplace right now and there's someone that's getting out of their office space that'll give it to you if you come pick it up for free. What are a couple other things with Dossabay or your other companies where you cut some expenses? So, yeah, I, I would, I, I'm going to love talking about this because uh, I was a technical person. Like I said, the, the biggest if you're going to make a business, you're going to need software nowadays. I can't think of a single instance where you're not. Um, and with software, you need something to run on because software can't exist without hardware. Um, and if you're on the cloud, you're going to need a powerful computer that handles a ton of requests, right? People spend way too much. And I mean, astonishingly, just crazy amounts that they don't even need to touch when it comes to like putting your business on the cloud or automating your business or whatever. I mean, it, it is it is stupid. I mean, that that whole market is so overvalued. With Dossybay, for instance, like uh, we uh, we do a lot of file sharing with Dossybay, and I mean a ton. We need a ton of storage. I looked into Amazon uh, AWS, and they for the what we needed, we it was going to be like six thousand dollars a month, which it, it, at these phases, it, that's, that's crazy. That's just that is crazy. I, I didn't understand why. I went to some other other providers, you know, like DigitalOcean, and uh, they basically quoted the same thing because I needed a hard drive space. And if you don't know what that is, it's basically like space that isn't used that much. You just put stuff on it. You take stuff off. It's very human. Right? It's not speed. It's just storage, right? It's basically the warehouse for manufacturing companies. You just need it to put stuff. Uh, and what I did ultimately is because I thought that it was so – here's how I proved that this was just so freaking – expensive. I ordered all of the hardware myself. I ordered the hard drives. I ordered the server computer uh, and I put it together by myself. And this is easy. Anyone can put a computer together nowadays. You know, there's YouTube videos everywhere. And so I put the server computer uh, together. And what I did is I just plugged it into my wall at my house. And the total cost of all the server and all the equipment, it was like under $1,000. And it's no monthly fee because I all own it. It's like, you know, I could spend $6,000 or I can spend a sixth of that and not spend it every month. You know, like that's, that is the most overvalued thing. People like when they think the cloud, they're like, oh, God, spend $40,000. And it's like, no, you just build your own hardware, plug it into your wall. Now, eventually you can't just trust it to be in your wall all the time. Cause what if your power goes out, you're going to need a data center. And so I I'm in here in St. Louis and we have a bunch of data center companies and I was able to call like uh, I think six of them in total. And I had to compete as like, I have this one server I just need to put in your rack. And these data center companies, they're used to people calling them. It's like, I have 500 servers. Can I put them in your thing? But I got, I called all of them and one was like, yeah, just throw it in there. We don't care. That's, that's no cost to us. And now, now my whole network is on fiber rich, uh, straight to the T1 network, redundant data. I mean, sorry, uh, redundant servers with redundant um, uh, power. All for, I think they were charging me like 150 a month. Uh, so I saved that much a month in my startup phase. And honestly, I'm ready to expand. I, I can probably take in like 50 million users today and not have a single problem. If I was using Amazon AWS, that would easily, uh, with the elastic solutions they have, that would go straight up to like $200,000 easy. 
uh, it, it, that's 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 the best way I cut cost on the early stage. Well, you talk about picking up the phone and making a couple calls. There's, you know, here in Kansas City, there's an organization called KC Collective, and if you're a member, you you get an opportunity to uh, get a bunch of free stuff for being a startup. And there's, you know, like you can go to kccollective.org if you're here in the Kansas City area. Most of you listening or not. Just look, there's uh, organizations like you mentioned AWS, like, oh man, there's a list. I mean, there's 50 different places that if you're a brand new business, they'll give you something uh, or a huge discount uh, either for, like I said, either for free or a massive discount. Why? Because they want you to stick around after. And, you know, it's a form of, of, of customer acquisition. So in, in the case of, you know, an organization like KC Collective, they, Oh, they help their members get free servers, uh, free software. I mean, there's, I mean, free credit card fees up to a certain point. I mean, there's a whole lot of stuff that I've looked at that if I had a brand new business, I mean, I could daisy chain together a hell of a lot of expenses. Now with that, you have to be prepared to pay that bill eventually, or you're going to find yourself in a spot where you're not you know, doing any of that, um, you know, and, and I want to move forward from like basic expenses, because one of the things that when it comes to bootstrapping that I think is really beautiful is you can create your own heat, you know, you can create and I've, I've been, become a master of this over the years, when it comes to what I refer to as evergreen uh, content. So you can make your own blogs, you can do your own social media. Uh, one of the things that's really cool is every, every single one of you listening, you probably have a 4K camera in your pocket. So you have, a, you have a digital recording studio, you can do video, you can do live, you can do a whole lot of different stuff. And the thing is, is that you can't just do a whole bunch of it all at once and then not do it again. It's like, it's like stat you mentioned Legos earlier, uh, playing with them as a kid. Well, if one thing, uh, you know, you learned about Legos is you have to snap them together one piece at a time, or you have to snap several pieces together and then bridge them together. So any new company and any company that's bootstrapping, I have, I highly recommend that you begin from day one with your overall marketing plan and how you can create free content, you, you can, I mean, and here's the thing, back to those things you have to do one time, you have to set up a Facebook page and an Instagram and a LinkedIn and all this different stuff. There's so many cool and free tools out there. You know, the, most people aren't graphic designers. You can go to canva.com. And, mm -hmm. you know, where it's got a gazillion different templates and, and things. And, you know, you're talking either free or maybe 10 to 15 bucks a month. And you can create really, really cool images for posting on social media. And once again, you can do things like, you know, creating a, a trust in you or your business by being a subject matter expert is really, really important stuff. And, you know, you might be surprised who will reach out and, you know, be interested in what you're doing because they continually see you. Now, I mean, still to this day, years later, my my free my favorite free method of marketing is still the blog. And, you know, at full scale, and once again, for those of you that don't know me that well, uh, today's episode, or well, 
I own FullScale and I'm the co-founder of FullScale. We do tech services for people. I almost said that we were the sponsor today. So let me get that right while I'm at it. As FullScale does sponsor a lot of episodes. (laughs) So if you believe that there's nothing more human than technology, go check out what the inventors, engineers, and creatives are building over at TesterHackVentures.io. From robots to flexible tech solution for construction and beyond, the TesterHack teams dreams it and makes it come to life. Now, you know, that's the same thing as a bootstrapping organization. You got to find a way to make it come to life. And there's a lot of different stuff. Now, you know, did you, did you get it? Have you received any other free services or reached out and found some, some bootstrapping or uh, free marketing love that you've created for yourself in the business? Yeah, it actually, it all comes back to the fact that I built my own hardware and saved all that money. Uh, so quick, quick, uh, quick preview. No, most most people listening aren't going to build their own computer, though. Yeah, well, so I did that, and I, I, I'm, I'm a mediocre hardware expert. Again, it's all technical knowledge, but I put it together, and I put myself for a very vertical expansion when it came to my business. And the hardware was at the bottom, and so I built on top of that, and I made the hardware specific for the hard- software. So what did that do? Uh, so Dossie Bay is. It's it's a it's a file sharing service like I said for but it's it's stupid secure like uh it's called subpoena proof like if you put something on Google Drive and the federal government wants to see your Google Drive they can't uh, if you put it on Dossier they we can't give it to them because it's so encrypted it was encrypted before it even left your computer like we it's 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 like a new level of encryption that uh, I, I designed uh, but so it is more secure than Google Drive but because I built the own hardware and made it custom. It's actually faster than Google Drive. Our upload and download speeds are faster than Google Drive. You know, that multi, multi, multi billion dollar company, we are now beating them in speed. And uh, we did that through a benchmark through a third party. And I put that information on my blog. And after I, I talked to the guys, like, are you guys really sure you did this correct? How can we beat in Google Drive? Um, but I got a confirmation and I'm like, okay. And I put it on my blog, the St. Louis business journal then contacted me and was like, we want to write a story about you. How are you doing that? And that, that was crazy. That I, I got so many cold calls after that article was released. Cause we target law firms as well as accounting firms. And that's all people who read St. Louis business journal. So that was just stupid. You know, it, it's so like at the end of the day, you know, you said, you know, like the, uh, you got a 4K camera in your pocket. That's so true. You got everything in your, in your fingertips. You barely have to pay for anything with marketing materials. You know, there should be no excuse you're using that all to your 100% advantage. I still have a lot to learn about marketing because I was a technical person. I wish I was a better marketer, but I tell you what, like if I was a better marketer, I'd be using my cell phone. I'd be posting blogs constantly. Like that's, that is the best avenue we have today is just how flexible you can have with marketing. You know, like previously you had to buy a billboard or put an ad in the newspaper, right? But like all I did was like a technical review, wrote a little blog post. And next thing you know, I'm on, you know, one of the biggest newspapers in St. Louis, just because like I I was, all of it was free. I didn't spend a dive on any of that. It it was crazy. So like, here's the thing is if you want to capitalize on free PR and I'm sitting here holding it, I'm going to hold it up for those of you watching on YouTube copy of the book free PR by our friend and, and start a puzzle alumnus, Cameron Harold and Cameron was the COO of one 800 got junk. And they got like something like, I mean, it was thousands, thousands and thousands of articles, interviews, podcasts, everything like that, that can be, uh, that it's free promo and you pay for it with your time. 
Now, one of the things you talk about being in the St. Louis Business Journal, whether you want to be on any type, any type of paper or anything like that, is if you're sitting around and waiting for them to come find you, they're not going to. You got to be prepared. So, you know, make a make a, a little one pager about yourself, about your business. And then you can, you know, you, the thing I really recommend is, you know, use something like Gigabook or Calendly or something to create an appointment booking link. You got to make it really easy for people to tell your story. And for journalists out there, if you're listening, sorry, but you guys have gotten lazy. So, you know, you'll see the, 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 everyone, every journalist wants a, a story with a bow around it. But if you know that, you know that's what they want and what they need, then send them something with a bow around There are sites like Haro, help a reporter out. And those are like actual journalists that are in, you know, in there putting in, hey, I, I'm looking for someone that does X, Y, Z, that does this, that does that. And, you know, these are things that aggregate right back to journalists. Now, the good part is, is that I would imagine that when you were in the in the biz journal, um, that someone else ended up writing an article about you after about you and your business afterward, because once again, that kind of supports my theory is is journalists see one article out there and, oh, this looks like a good one. Maybe we'll write it too. So you, you, you usually, if you can get in a decent publication or article about something, you're going to end up in about five more, uh, yeah. maybe a lot more. So you got to get it out there, uh, trying to be guests on, you know, being a guest on a podcast. And look, here, here's the thing, like, you know, Kevin reached out to me and, you know, after hearing some of his friends on, and peers on this show, and he just filled out, you know, went to startapostle.xyz, filled out the, the contact form to be on the show and, you know, said, hey, I think I've got something to say as well. How about, how about having me on? We ask a couple questions. Next thing you know, we book him, book him on the show. So, you know, th that's the thing is, is and, you know, and I, I'll just verify, like on Startapostle, I mean, we've kind of gotten past going out and looking for guests because we have five to 10 a week that are applying to be on it. We've got some other people we reach out to, but I mean, on some days we get five to 10. So, you know, and those are people that are reaching out. There's also publicity companies, PR agents and people like that. So, all right, let's move on to the next, the next subject when it comes to bootstrapping. And, and once again, with me, I've got Kevin Marshke and Kevin's the CEO and founder of Dossie Bay. Check it out. There's a link in the show notes. You can see what they do with secure data transfer. Uh, when it comes to bootstrapping, you know, so much of this is going to be about your own energy. Um, and your effort that you put into it. Now, you you mentioned that you wish you were a better marketer or salesperson. Um, most most startup founders do. Um, you know, you talk about hitting the phones and knocking on doors. Um, you know, making an effort to reach out to people, looking for those first few clients. Uh, in my opinion, that's critical. If you're not gonna if you're not going to try to find those first clients, but then what do you do with them when you find them? So mm -hmm. at the companies that you've worked with and around, how difficult was you to find, was it for you to find client number one? So, um, so I, I hate, I hate telling the story because honestly, it's like, Oh, we were, we were trying our best. We were hustling and bustling and whatnot, but really, no, they came to us. Uh, they came to me as a technical, uh, they were, uh, it was it was an uh, infrastructure company actually. I I had a small background in civil engineering. Uh, my dad owned his own civil engineering firm, still does. 
Uh, and basically I got in contact with them through him and I told them the technical experience and they're like, Oh, you want to be hired? I'm like, no, let's just, how about I start a company and you just contract to us. And that's it. That, that was the seed for my consulting agency. Uh, and that gained a little bit of traction, some friends and family, you know, the word spread. And I got another client coming in, um, and another client, another client, it was all, all word of mouth. Right. Uh, which is why I was, wish I was a better marketer so I can, uh, better execute the idea of, you know, really getting out there, uh, getting outbound sales because inbound sales, you just got to be at the right place at the right time. Given you always have to make your own luck. You can't just wait for it to happen. No one just waited for it to happen. They were doing something. Uh, they were doing something right. They were talking, they're accepting, you know, uh, there's some degree of marketing that everything needs. Um, but I will say this for uh, bootstraps because this really affected me. And you use the analogy once you put the uh, cart before the horse. I had a huge problem with that, mostly because I thought I was just young and dumb and immature. Uh, it could have been a whole range of issues. But when it comes to bootstrapping, the problem is when you get your first client, for me, it was consulting, you get this bed of security. And that's probably the it's it turns into a bed of nails pretty quickly. Uh, because when you have security, you're comfortable. You don't want to take risks. You're not hungry anymore. You don't want to go out there and actually find some more money because you don't need it. That's, that's like the, that's like detrimental uh, it, to reinforce this, this thought. Uh, I don't know if you watch shark tank, but uh, Mark Cuban likes to say like, he likes to invest in companies that are hungry. You know, he likes to invest in companies that basically they need money to like eat. Right. Um, because they know the drive. They, they have like that primal instinct. It's like, I need to be successful. Um and uh, who was, was it? yeah, it was Robert. He uh, he always talks about, was like, you know, when I founded my company or well, my second company, I had a $5 million investment. And because of that, I, I, I screwed up everything. I spent a whole bunch of money in places I didn't just because I had this comfort, right? Uh, and so when I was bootstrapping, the second I just got a little bit of money, you know, just to be, just to feed myself, it, it, it was horrible. It, it just, it destroyed me. And only recently, you know, with the COVID epidemic and the economic collapse, I, I'm learning again. It's like, wait, I constantly need to be getting more money. I can't be stopping. There should be no end game to, you know, the security. You know, you should always consider yourself like, I got, I have to get money. I need to get money. Not that you want money, you need money. If you just want money, it's not going to work. It's not going to happen. But if you need money, that's when the bootstrapping can really start getting into effect. That's when true you bootstrapping know, get there. Well, amazing things occur. Amazing things occur when you're backed into a corner or when things need to occur out of necessity. Now, in, in regards to bootstrapping, the, as you, if you do get your business past yourself, which is always the first, it's always a good idea to, if you're bootstrapping to start with other people. So you're not just always an army of one. But if you get past that, you really, really make sure to surround yourself with driven and successful people. And there's a, there's a number of reasons for that. I mean, the drive to get past uh, just anything, you know, if you have, if you're around people that aren't driven or don't understand success or aren't driven to be successful, I mean, honestly, you're probably are the writing's already on the wall. And, you know, one of the things that I learned early is, is, you know, well, the, despite the fact that it, you're, you know, I mentioned earlier, you're going to have to wear a lot of different hats. You're going to do a lot of different, have to do a lot of different things. You might be forced to make some really tough decisions early. And one of that is if you have, if you realize you have the wrong 
people or, or person or anybody on a really small team, you have to correct that quickly. And why? Because that's an anchor. That is something that's going to be dragging you down and pulling on your expenses and doing a lot of different stuff that, yeah, I mean, it's honestly, it's a huge problem. So, you know, I, I, when it comes to bootstrapping, it's not just about trying to find free stuff. It's not about, you know, doing free marketing. It's also about being ready to make tough decisions and do it quickly. Now, if you go to Google boots, how to bootstrap a business, a lot of people will tell you, oh, look for your family, look for your friends. I'm not a huge fan of either approach, um, just because I think it's a good way to ruin your relationship with your family or your <laughs> friends, because uh, they may, they might not be as passionate or driven to all of it, you know, for as you are. Uh, it's a it's a logical solution, and I mean, it's it's a risk and it's a gamble. Uh, because, you know, you, get, you put yourself in some tricky situations there. Now, fortunately for myself, I was able to work with my wife for years. Uh, that's also rare. Um, you know, I know a lot of people along the way, they're like, man, how do you work with your wife? Because I had a, I had a, I, I can't do it. And, you know, we, we were able to pull it off and we did re really well at it. She was also good at all the things that I wasn't good at. Uh, and I was good at the things she wasn't good at. So we made a pretty good team. But I think in the beginning, you got to find people. Uh, if you if there's three of you and you're all good at the exact same thing, that's a problem. That's not an advantage. Um, and it's easy to be like, hey, we've got three, three people that are really great programmers. Okay, well, then based on my experience, you probably have three people that aren't great at sales at mark sales and marketing. Yeah, uh, they yeah. Usually, I find that they usually don't go together. Now, if <laughs> that's the case, then there's something different. But you have to look and figure out the things that you're not great at. Now, speaking of being great at stuff. Uh, today's sponsor, Tesseract, you know, Tesseract's brought Silicon Valley innovation to the Midwest, enabling businesses just like yours to define the boundaries of space and time through next generation technologies. You can visit TesseractVentures.io to learn more, or you can click the link in the show notes. You can also click the link for Dossie Bay. You can learn a lot more about Kevin and his company. Now with that, Kevin, it is time for the Founders Freestyle. So we have raced right through this episode of Startup Hustle, and we end our episodes with a short freestyle from each of us about today's topic. So what did you? what's a key point or something you may not have been, uh, mentioned so far about bootstrapping that you just don't want to get past? You don't want this episode to end without sharing that with the world. It's a good mechanic. I like that. I can tell you this. So there's, there's a few things, there's a few tricks I found out that if you are bootstrapping and you don't have an investment yet, here is a really quick tip, right? That, that, that will actually get your business really on the road. And that is to go to your parents or your loved ones or someone you just will not let down your own mother and ask your mother is like, can I have a $500 investment? And you do not need that $5 whatsoever, but you take that investment from your mom and at the end of the day, you, you have this incentive. It's like, I cannot screw this up or I lose my mother's $500. And it just pushes you like a mile. Even though that money was just $500, it pushes you probably $30,000 in effort. It's like, it, it just, it just puts a, it's just, it's this weird effect on your brain. Cause um, you know, I think it's just an American culture thing, but we never really want to do something for ourselves. That's kind of a rarity uh, in, in today's culture. It always wants to be for someone else. You know, you, uh, unless you have really good internal drive, which I'm sure quite a bit of people do. 
but for me, I figured that out is like, if I take investment from loved ones, right, even though I didn't really need the money in the first place, it's just like, well, now I have something to do it for, you know, it gives me a necessity, you know, it's, it's at the end of the day, if you want to be a good, good businessman, there's only one skill you need to have, and that is to convert things that you want into converting things into your needs, right? If you can do that, you can do anything. Um, and, you know, I'd also, real quick, I'd like to shout out to uh, pretty much my influences, the two best uh, bootstrap companies that I know, and that is uh, Dell Computers never took a dollar investment from anyone. There's one guy in an apartment and he grew it into Dell computers without any sort of spike, any sort of investment, any sort of like, oh, we did it. No, it was just a nice steady growth and boom, he's you know, on the IPO. And as well as, uh, so this is gonna sound stupid, but BlackBerry phones, like they made that whole company and back when BlackBerry was popular, right? They made the whole thing without a dollar investment either. It's just a bunch of guys made a phone and they just sold, 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 and it just blew up. You know, there's never any, they, and neither of those people, they didn't really ever need anything to like, it's like, okay, here's a million dollars. Now you can do everything you want. It's like, no, they, they use their own needs to get them there. Uh, and, and I think that's all that I need to say. You know, I think that's just the end of the day. If you can convert your wants into needs, you're, you can bootstrap, you can do whatever you want. You know, I'm going to, I think for, for my freestyle, I'm going to get away a little bit from some of the, the things we talked about. And we talked about a lot of different stuff today, you know, looking for free resources, playing to your own strengths, you know, trying to, to find ways to create marketing and attention and stuff like that. But I think in the end, regardless of all that, if you're getting ready to start a business and you're not passionate about the problem that that business solves, then you need to you need to step back and you need to review whether or not it's the right business. And I say that because, look, it starting a business is hard, and being an entrepreneur is hard. And there's a lot of ups and downs, and some of them are due to your own mistakes. Some of them, some sometimes the wins are due to good decisions. And then there's a whole lot of stuff that you just can't really have any control over, like the current economic climate due to the pandemic, you know, like there, uh, business and startups are going to throw a lot of curveballs at you. They're going to do a lot of things that to test your fortitude. And if you're not passionate about what you're doing, then you're going to struggle. And honestly, you're probably going to fail because it's that passion and that drive for you and the people that you're working with that really make it so, uh, you can get through those times. So, you know, with that, I'm really passionate about what I do. So I'm going to get back to doing it. Kevin, thank you so much for joining me. I'll catch up with you next time. All right. Thanks, Matt. Thanks for having me. Yep. See ya. Bye. Startup Hustles brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Make sure you reach down and hit that subscribe button, then come find us on Instagram. See you next time.